So That's thank so you cool. yeah, for helping course. bridge the gap of all the cultural hey, things my boys are exposed to. I, uh, I do what I can. <laughs> you do I do what, what you I can. can. You do yeah. what you can. Well, so I have a podcast for moms. Okay. And some of them may know about the show. Some may not. Okay. But I would love to just hear your experience. So a lot of the characters encounter Jesus, mm -hmm. and there's a change. Yep. For you personally as an actor, how have you changed in filming this show? Real quickly, we have not rolled yet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally just got out of the car. <laughs> well, welcome. <laughs> They're like, you're on. Go. <laughs> oh, yeah. So every time we'll, we'll get the microphone set, we'll slate in. Perfect. I'll say, hey, okay, okay. now we're ready I'm to go. I'm just going to breathe for a second. Um, Heather, relax. Did yeah. so you, you need some water? Literally. Yeah. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number 384, I have a special, I just a special opportunity I got to be a part of and visit the set of the TV series, The Chosen. And if you've never heard of The Chosen, or maybe you've heard people talk about it, but you've never watched it. I just wanted to share that resource with you because I feel like it's a fantastic way to introduce your kids and your, remind yourself of the humanity of Jesus, but also his impact on this earth and to see him through the eyes of the people he chose to be around. You've already heard a little clip from my first interview, which slightly embarrassing. Uh, there's more embarrassment that happened you'll hear about in the last interview I share. But this one is with Brandon Potter. He plays the role of Quintus, a Roman guard. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Now we're recording everything. So okay. Ready, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Take two. Here we go. Here we go. Brandon, thank you so much for letting me chat with you today. Oh, and thanks for coming by, Heather. I am so going to get brownie points with my boys <laughs> because of your long list of anime voices That's that, right. you've, done, that yeah. you've done. I mean, it's quite a resume of experiences. How did you even get into that? Oh, those are my first jobs right out of, right out of college. So you've I've, got that deep I've voice. been doing this stuff for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Do you prefer the voiceover to live acting? Or? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't get to dress up as a Roman centurion uh, when I do anime, and I do get to when I'm on The Chosen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Chosen is this this big, big show, right? A, a multi-season series about the life of Jesus told through the perspectives of uh, people who knew him, right? Yeah. Not everyone who knew him loved him. Some people did not like him at all. And I get to play one of those characters, Quintus, yeah. who's a Roman praetor, like a, a magistrate. So he kind of runs the military and deals with all the citizenry. He's obsessed with the status quo and order. And Jesus is not such a big fan of the status quo. So there's a little bit of friction between us. Yeah. All of that is to say. Yeah. This is superior to showing up in a sound booth. <laughs> sound booth by yeah, yourself. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And to get into that character mm -hmm. and that experience, have you personally been impacted by the filming of these three seasons and taking on that character role and interacting with Jesus in that way? And Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the Chosen is a remarkable experience. You know, it's 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 the largest fan-supported entertainment project of all time. Something like 408 million episode views on the app alone, the Chosen app. 
And I don't think that counts all the streaming stuff, you know, Amazon Prime or Peacock, Netflix, uh, theatrical releases, right? It, it, It has a huge footprint. And you could tell that all of the cast and crew loved and were invested in the material on day one. The first mm-hmm. time I showed up on set, I could tell that this was going to be different mm-hmm. because this was not a situation where people are showing up to do a job and go home. No, yeah. they believe in this thing. Yeah. They love it. They treat the, the material with care and professionalism to a degree that I, I'm not sure that I've ever seen in a project this size. Mm-hmm. So starting out that way and then getting to grow personal relationships with you know, the cast and crew over three years, of course I'm changed. Yeah. This is a different kind of project. And I know that for the rest of my career, I'll hold everything up to to this, you know, this wonderful, uh, kind and inclusive and respectful environment. Yeah. And the fan response. The fan, I was going to say, like beyond just, yeah, you make cool things and you might see a fan, but these fans are willing to back it up with dollars when they don't see anything yet. Yep. And yep. so have you had a memorable experience with a fan who's been impacted by you playing that perspective of the antagonist towards Jesus? I have. Okay. So my acting colleagues on The Chosen, they have different interactions with fans than right. I have. I was going to say, yeah. you are not, you know, the good guy, <laughs> you're going to say. Yeah. yeah so, so do you so, get booed or no? no. I, well, I haven't got booed yet. Okay. Uh, okay. But fingers crossed. Um <laughs> Still so a chance. they have all of these really, really sweet interactions. You know, mm-hmm. there's uh, folks will go up to them and, and talk about how inspiring, you know, their performance is or, or what the embodiment of, of this character meant to them personally, right? Yeah. And there are, there are really, really profound stories of change and healing that have come from, from watching this show. People who were, for example, self-harming but started a spiritual journey and are, are, are working on healing. Mm-hmm. And, and that, is, that is remarkable. I have different interactions. I get a lot of uh, (laughs) love to hate you, you jerk, Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to me, that speaks to to the breadth that the chosen tells its story. uh, The breadth of how it tells its story. With obviously, there's this sort of meaningful spiritual journeys, but there's also humor and wit Mm -hmm. and wryness, and and that's what people talk to me about. Yeah. And I feel so fortunate that I get to have all of these really kind of joyful interactions with people. They say, oh, I don't want to talk to you, the bad guy. Oh, <laughs> you're actually really nice, you know. Like the, well, that's true. You can surprise them the other way. Yeah, you have to, like, yeah. prove that you're this really good guy. That's <laughs> like, right. Jesus sat out on his shoulder. That's right. It, yeah. And, which is really, really fun. And, and yeah. it allows people to connect with the story in so many different ways. And I think it's the defining feature of The mm-hmm. Chosen is that it's, it, it's a show about the life of Jesus. But but it's told with subtlety and nuance and sort of complexities that, that all of us have. You know? You're setting someone who may have read the Bible or may have interacted with the story of Jesus, you're setting them in context. Mm-hmm. And your character is a huge part of that conflict that was happening. And that's, that's right. Why would Romans end up crucifying someone? And it's the peace that was so desired by all of the leaders who were just like, let's keep this. Right. <laughs> Keep everything calm. Yep. And so you play a vital part in that. But I do think you're right. And everyone finds themselves in some character or identifies with some character. You must. They have to. And so you you play that one who's like, who are you? (laughs) Why are you here? And why are you causing all this trouble? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's a... 
that's a fun role to play, yeah. you know? Stir I mean, the pot. You do that right. in real life too? Yeah, I get to, bit. because all the other characters are based on real people, right? So all the other actors and the writers, they can look at the Gospels, they can look at uh, scholarship and say, oh, this is what they did or this is the kind of person they were. And Dallas and I got to like bake this character from scratch, yeah. which means that we can sort of custom make something to be a foil or push everyone's buttons. And that's just a delight to do, you know, <laughs> to awesome. show up to work every day and, and get to confuse all of my acting partners, you know. <laughs> I love it. It seems like you take enjoyment. In I this role. do very oh, much. So. Well, we appreciate you playing your part well, embodying Quintus, and for the other things that you do <laughs> <laughs> to entertain my children. So, thank you for chatting with me. Thanks so much for coming by, Heather. And if you want to impress your anime-loving kids, go Google Brandon Potter. Pull up his Wikipedia, his IMDb, and you are going to see all the amazing things he's been a part of. You can tell your kids things like Dragon Ball Z. They will know what that is. And it may even pull them in to want to watch a few episodes of The Chosen. My 13-year-old's current favorite meal is grilled cheese and tomato soup, a classic combo. And it is a lot easier to make it for him and more enjoyable using my Caraway Homes non-toxic kitchenwares. I know that they're chemical-free. They make it a lot easier to cook the grilled cheese and the soup, and they're really pretty, so I enjoy it. I have and loved their saucepan and their saute pan. Um, they also have a fry pan and a Dutch oven and some bakeware if you're looking for that. It's great because they don't have PFAS, PTFE, PFOA. I don't even know what these things are, but they're hard to pronounce chemicals and you will not find them in the Caraway products. Their surface is super slick, so I don't have to use as much butter um, or oil when I'm cooking other things and everything slides up super easy and is easy to clean. And it's not just me that loves the Caraway brand. Over 25,000 people have raved about their Caraway kitchen. So it's time to try it for yourself. Visit carawayhome.com forward slash DMA to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit Caraway Home and it's spelled C-A-R-A-W-A-Y home.com forward slash DMA or use the code DMA at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Okay, the next interview is with the actor Liz Tabish. She plays the amazing role of Lilith, who becomes Mary Magdalene. Liz. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Hi. I, I just feel like of the characters in The Chosen, you are one of the ones who has influenced so many women. It's a lot. It's it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot to process. Yeah. It's a lot to process. Yeah. And you're playing a role, yeah. which is having this major transformation from yes, episode one. Yeah. And then you're experiencing it as a human. Yes. <laughs> actor, and you're having this transformation in the world because you've been doing this for a while. It's not like chosen yeah. was your first no, thing. No, no, no. So talk to me about your own personal. Yeah. journey yeah as Mary Magdalene you know I was I was I've mentioned this in other interviews that I was planning on quitting acting and right before I booked this I was in a depression for a number of years mm -hmm. I was barely making ends meet and I got to a point where I couldn't pay rent anymore and my mom was like just move in with me and and we'll figure something out start a new sort of direction and she, 
I mean, that was my idea to start a new direction. She was always very supportive of me acting, but but I just felt I was like, oh, all of the signs are pointing to no. Um, I'm not booking anything, and I can't pay my bills. So time to grow up, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like let the let the dream die, and and let's find something practical, maybe teaching or editing or something, and which I think would have also been wonderful paths, you know, and. Um, it just wasn't working for me anymore. So I told my agent, please stop submitting me. It was, essentially, I was like, I'm quitting. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to keep you on the roster. And and if something comes along, then then I'll submit. And I was like, well, nothing has in so long. You know, I was just doing commercial work. And the sort of roles I was auditioning or getting auditions for in the past were not roles that I wanted to play. And kind of one-dimensional female characters that were really disappointing and on occasion, there'd be a cool like indie film, but but other than that, I was just like, this is I feel silly. I, I need to to grow up, mm-hmm. and so I um, I just told him, you know, stop submitting me. He submitted me to this anyway. <laughs> I guess this came along at the exact time that it it needed to. And when I read the character, when I read the scenes for her, I connected to her in the most uncanny and direct way that. Um, felt like it was written for me. Not just the Lilith characters that I, the character that I was really connecting to, her despair and her, you know, anxiety and, and self-medicating and all of that, but this redemption that she has was so promising to me. It was so hopeful. I was so excited that like, could this be that for me? You know, could this this role be the the change that I need, the hope that I need? Because it was literally this dream role that was just so close, and I'm like, if if I don't book this, I'm really out. Because that's that's a big sign that that I should quit. I auditioned for it and didn't hear back for a little bit, and then I had a call back with with Dallas. And when I right before I left, he was like, I'm looking forward to working with you. I'm like, that sounds very promising. <laughs> um, and and I booked it. An hour later, my agent called and said I, I got it. And I, I mean, from that point onward I feel like my life has dramatically changed and it's been it's been a gradual thing because we didn't know if it was going to be a popular show or you know it's it's just slowly been growing uh, up until this point but it has been such an understatement <laughs> life-changing it's been completely life-changing it has introduced me to so many wonderful people mm-hmm. and experiences and has brought so much joy to my life um, that it's now very easy to play a, a very joyful version of Mary Magdalene. I'm just thinking of all that all of us have gone through yeah. in the last two years and yes. that this entered your life before. <sighs> right, right. That that joy started, that redemption yeah. started before all that we've been through in this protective element yeah. that The Chosen has had yeah. for you, which it is has. Yeah. encouraging, yeah. encouraging to hear about. Okay, so... You are going out into the world, and this is a fan-based show. What have those experiences been like? Is there a memorable story of meeting a fan? Because this Lilith to Mary Magdalene identity, yeah. you know, the name yeah. is so huge when Jesus calls her by this name. So many people can relate to this. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, every time I've, I've gone out and met fans or done, you know, meet and greets and everything – Anytime somebody has come up with 
tears in their eyes and sharing something really personal. There's only this like short amount of time that I can actually connect with them. Mm. And it's it's been frustrating to be able to to not be able to to talk longer, to to connect longer. But it is constantly reminding me like that this role is not just mine. It is ours. <laughs> this character is not just mine. It is it is the audience's too. Mm. We're all sort of using it as a vehicle for catharsis. We're using it as this this character that we can recognize ourselves in mm -hmm. and work through our pain in and also see Jesus's um, effect on. That, that level of true and real love, mm -hmm. accessible love yeah. <laughs> that transforms her, we get to feel that too not just through her, but but just because we're sort of witnessing this thing that is very real and is can be very real for us too. Well, I appreciate you sharing your own personal journey because that comes through in your performance that you really can resonate with the hope and the redemption that's available through Jesus. And just thank you for your dedication to the role and oh, holding all of that tension and it's, <laughs> it's an intense thing sometimes, yeah. you know, it really is. It's also, I think uh, it has been challenging in moments where people are wanting me to be Mary. This is outside thing. of the role. And as much as I would love to be a saint, <laughs> I am just a person and yeah. I'm just an actress. And it's like always really important for me to remind the world, like I'm just Liz, you know, yeah. and... And I also look back at some of the pain that I've gone through and, and problems uh, and moments in my life that if I didn't go through those, I wouldn't have been able to book this. I don't think I would have been able to play Lilith and Mary. Like I am, I look back and I realize God was still with me then. And I'm grateful for those experiences because now I'm able to play this character and now I'm able to recognize that in others. And, and that helps us reach out to each yeah. other. And so, you know, at the same time that I'm I'm not married, like I I, I do want to remind everyone that like we can use our yes. pain. It's for not good, wasted. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. not wasted at all. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping, seeing your resume, that you will maybe get to direct one of the upcoming episodes. Oh. That's what I'm secretly <laughs> I hoping for Liz. I don't know. Liz. I'm gonna put it out into the a universe that, that Liz would be directing maybe an episode. A special or something. Maybe yeah, a spin off. I don't know. I, I think that I, would be amazing. I Personally, I I want Dallas to direct every single one and probably everything I ever work on. Yeah. He's so, I mean, he's he's just the actor's dream of a director. Uh, but yeah, maybe something. Maybe. Maybe, maybe we can do a spinoff. it would him. help. I don't know. Yeah. It would be good. All Christmas right. Christmas special or something. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Liz, so much. Thank I appreciate you. it. Nice meeting you. Yeah, nice to meet you, too. Okay, so if you have never watched an episode, or maybe you started season one, episode one, but you never finished it, you've got to push through so that you see the most magnificent scene with Jesus and Mary Magdalene. There's so much in her story and her journey, and it just continues into season two, but please, please, please watch that. Next up is a little clip from my conversation with Giovanni Cairo. He plays Thaddeus, and I appreciated hearing his own transformation and a little glimpse into what will be in season three. All right, Giovanni. So you play Thaddeus. I do, yeah. And The Chosen. Mm -hmm. Okay, tell me about your experience. The whole, I know we see characters interact with Jesus and mm -hmm. be transformed throughout the show. Yeah. And you have your own unique experience of that. 
in the episodes, but you personally tell me about your transformation as you've played this role. Yeah, you know, playing Thaddeus in The Chosen's been a true dream for me, honestly. Um, And I don't say that lightly. Uh, I think as artists, we really want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. and, And this is way bigger than ourselves. It means a lot to a lot of people. So being able to play Thaddeus, I knew right away, you know, he was someone who really supports others, really spreads his love, his connection and kindness. He's a peacemaker. Yeah. Um, so that's inspired me, not only in my career, but in my own life to be like that. I've been able to dive into my family relationships, my friend relationships, uh, people I'm just meeting for the first time. And uh, I really want to connect with them on a deep level. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, people always say, oh, you're giving us a gift with the chosen. They're giving us a gift right back. So um, I'm really just blessed for this. What are you most excited for fans to see in season three? I know there's some dynamics going to shift. So tell yes, us about that. I, that you can, that you're allowed. No of spoilers. Of course, yeah. no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> we know the major. Thing, <laughs> as much as I want to. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, big theme of this season is uh, the two by two journeys. So Jesus oh, yeah. sends his disciples out two by two to kind of preach the word and, and spread the news. So what I'm really excited for people to see is uh, a lot of how the stakes are rising big this season. Things get a little more intense. So, you know, the disciples are really coming to terms with what it really means to follow Jesus. So it's a roller coaster of emotions this season. So there's going to be moments people are like filled with joy and there's going to be moments to where people are on the edge of their seat and, uh, and just really, you know, chomping at the bits because they don't know what's going to happen. So... Um, okay. I'm, I'm really excited for, for fans to tune in season three of The Chosen. Yeah. So who's your buddy? It says two by two. Do you have- me and Me and Nathaniel go off. Okay. Uh, who's played by Austin Reed Allen so beautifully. He's such a great actor and great person. But um, yeah, it's fun to see how our dynamics go because he's more stern and I'm more kind of like, you know, just kind of open. Yeah. So it's cool how to see each disciple, how they kind of uh, blend together as they're going off on these journeys and, and trying to spread the world and word and do these healings. So when yeah. it's kind of an example of the two producers we met last night, who oh, yeah. have their own unique strengths, but together yeah. it's like this exponential. It just works. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good example to others to work together. Absolutely. Less division in the faith and other places. So. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sitting with me today. Oh I gosh. really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Heather. Appreciate it. Great, yeah. great talking good to you. Good luck as it's releasing into the world. I'm excited. November 18th in theaters. So that's right. Okay. Check it out. Get First two the episodes, season three of The Chosen. That's awesome. Yes, I love that Giovanni shared this, the concept of us working together with our differences to be unified for the sake of the gospel, to go out and share the good news. I'm excited that's going to happen in season three. It's so interesting to hear everyone's career journeys, and it just reminds me that it's so important to find that right partner to help make your business better and for you personally to reach new heights. And if you need help with that, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on lots of different job sites looking for candidates with the right skills, you can do all of it with Indeed. You're going to find your top talent fast with Indeed's suite of hiring tools like their instant match or their assessments or their virtual interviews. I think the virtual interviews are really cool because instead of having to jump through lots of hoops, 
the tool means there's nothing to download. They just click and they talk. And with the virtual interviews, it saves you time. You can just message, schedule, and interview all in one place. You can connect with your applicants uh, with their tool in your browser. Save headaches, no downloads, no plugins, no purchases. After using Indeed's virtual interviews, most employers say it saved them days of hiring time, according to Indeed data in the U.S., On average, applicants who scored proficient or higher on their reliability assessment were twice as likely to be on time for work, according to the Indeed data in the U.S. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash DMA to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash DMA. Indeed.com slash DMA. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. If you need a hire, you need Indeed. Speaking of working together for the good, uh, next up is an interview I did with the writers of the Chosen series. I really appreciated hearing their journeys and how they intersected and became part of the Chosen family and even their writing process. I thought was really interesting. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Ryan Tyler, thank you for meeting with me, talking with the moms that I represent and just sharing a little bit about your journey with the Chosen. Thanks so much for having us. Okay, so tell me which parts of the show have you written? Like, are you part <laughs> of season it. one? All of it. All of it. All of it. You have been a yeah. part since the beginning. Yes. Since the beginning. Oh my gosh. What a journey. Mm-hmm. Okay. It so is. individually, prior to The Chosen, what was your experience? Were you independent? Were you within studios? Like, where were you that then led you into The Chosen? Um, I, I was one of those that, you know, the, the week I graduated college, I packed up a truck and moved to L.A. I've, I wanted to write movies. That's amazing. And uh, so I started working for producers at various studios. I was at Sony first and then DreamWorks and then Warner Brothers and uh, found a, a mentor at Warner Brothers, a very unlikely mentor who was just coming off of uh, having written a, a movie called A Beautiful Mind. And he was, you know, going to. Uh, go on to to get some awards and and I was just I was trying to learn everything you know and I was I was uh, I got the opportunity to write my first script under his tutelage um, and uh, started a career and I was I was a couple of years into it and uh, I just started drinking uh, it was it was a big world. It was out of my control. I was there all alone, and I had a couple of setbacks. And I just I just started drinking, mm-hmm. and I didn't stop for five years. And then I and then I did, and and I got sober, and uh, I had a little body of work. And and somebody, a friend of mine from middle school, read something that I I wrote as a way to sort of um, come back, and she loved it. And she was like, "You got to meet my husband." Uh, we're going to be out at a film festival where he's showing a, a short film he wrote with a guy named Tyler Thompson. And uh, so so I met with my 10th grade Sadie Hawkins date Stop. and her <laughs> husband, Dallas Jenkins. Stop traffic. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's an only God thing. Only Absolutely, God. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
And that was the start. So that was the start. We started working on like uh, the se second picture of a two picture deal he had with Blumhouse at the time. The first picture, Gavin and uh, yeah. Gavin Stone didn't yeah. didn't perform. Uh, it was not that it wasn't a good movie. It just didn't hit the right right time. Mm -hmm. And uh, only God again because it led to uh, a, a real focus on this short film that he had had been writing with Tyler. Mm -hmm. And he kept pushing this in front of me. So we wrote this thing. We, we, yeah, I was like, no, I've written, I've read it four times. I don't have any notes. Just add a joke. You need a, you need a joke because it, it gets funny. Earnest. It was funny enough. Okay. It just, it, you were going to start laughing at the serious points if you didn't add a joke. So we needed a release valve, and we, we then, it, and then all of a sudden we're doing a deep dive into what would have been uh, first century Jewish jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like, this is totally new territory, which is now every day for us. Every day, we're like, what, yeah. what, what could make this funny? That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so you entered the story. Yeah. Prior to that, what was your journey? I mean, I started making short films when I was 15 at my church. Um, did that all the way through high school. I went to Moody Bible Institute and studied Old Testament and Hebrew. Some people have joked to me, like, you studied the wrong testament. And I'm like, there is no wrong <laughs> testament. There's not, that's a, that's a lead up story. <laughs> I always say to people when they're like, you know, it's all the New Testament. I'm like, have you read the prequel? Yeah. Like, it's pretty awesome. So um, I met Dallas. I started working for him as a video editor. Then I started uh, collaborating on scripts with him. And The Shepherd happened. That's where you heard the story where Ryan, we showed the script to Ryan, Dallas did, and he said, add a joke. <laughs> and then later on, when, when this idea came up, what if we took The Shepherd, this like, people are so familiar with the nativity story. They're so familiar with Mary and Joseph, blah, blah, blah. What if we came at it all the way from left field, from through the eyes of one of the shepherds? Mm -hmm. And then that became the basic premise of The Chosen is exploring Jesus through the eyes of the people he chose to spend his time with. And so it, we started working on this very human story, this very human approach to what to many people has often felt like a very lofty kind of yeah. like statue in the distance yeah. and bringing that stone statue into the flesh, which is the incarnation um, and being someone very real and relatable. Amazing. Yeah. I, have you all been to the promised land? Have you? We have. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like when you go to the promised land, that humanity of messiah hits you mm, and i think mm. that's what the chosen is gifting to people who haven't been able to go yeah so and your experience in writing all these seasons what have you delved into personally to kind of humanize and connect the, I, these I, there's word of a, god stories to the human heart yeah yeah this i mean there's been a humanizing uh a part of it from character creation on you know i mean as soon as we started to try to figure out who these people were there was scant uh there's just so little written about so many of the disciples in the bible and when we we realized we were going to have to turn them into characters that were three-dimensional enough to uh to inform choices that they would inevitably have to make the humanizing started, you know, and there's a the, the example of Matthew is as good as it gets because we it started with a very academic investigation. Tyler led us uh, just in in saying, you know, Matthew's gospel is really fastidious. <laughs> it starts with the genealogy of, of, of all things. It doesn't start with a big story that gets you in the mood. It doesn't start with a, a personal account or, you know, um, an origin story of anything. It's, it, it is like a tax ledger. <laughs> and so who is this person that would have written like this? Uh, he, was a, he was a tax collector, which meant he was exiled largely. Who could have existed like this? Um, and so then the personalizing for Dallas began. It crystallized very quickly for him that this could 
be somebody on the spectrum um, who would be um, impossible then to get to emote. How could we possibly get anything out of this character? So let's give him a dog, right? So, so, and we're writing this side by side with Dallas's dog as it's running through us in this we're space. In his basement, so yeah. <laughs> all these details kind of like are being That's yanked amazing. out of our personal experience and put into, um, into what we're doing. And, and then of course it leads to storylines that affect us personally. And that's mm -hmm. happened all throughout, including all the way up to season four, which we're currently writing. Right. That's the trick, huh? Well. We gotta keep, it doesn't stop, it doesn't <laughs> stop. So you're, are you just beginning writing season four? You're mid, you're closing it up? Okay, people. Yeah, we're on the <laughs> penultimate episode. It's like, whew. But also daily, you know, working on changes and rewrites to season three, we just, you were here for the storm, I assume. Well, I got here at, after, we saw the saw, okay, yeah. <laughs> the remnants of the broken trees. But yeah, yeah, they got rained out, you know, during a shoot and they said, okay, can we move this? We won't be able to shoot the scene at night anymore. Can it be during the day? Can it be outside? Can it, just constant changes like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our eyelids are twitching a little bit. I was bit. like, you're <laughs> awake during the day and awake during the night is what I'm catching. It's been many times. Many yeah. times, okay, wow. You know, a writer's life. Well, yeah, not quite as exciting. And a mom's life, a mom, too. Yeah, awake that's more the trick. Hours, that's yeah. more the trick, yeah. But I think it's interesting to consider as these, we're humanizing these biblical characters, but you also have actual humans playing them. How often do they say, hey, I really think my character would say this instead? Mm. contribute and do the rewrite with you. They're so talented. They almost never say, I would say this instead. Okay. Uh, the actors ha are living in these characters. Mm -hmm. And very much to the point, like we said, there are shooting scenes at night. They're in camps, you know, pitching tents. It's hard not for it not to get into their bones and muscles. You know, they feel they're in the elements. They're wearing these kind of coarse clothing. It's not like this very comfortable shirt I'm wearing <laughs> you now. You like, not that. No, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, no, not no, terry no, cloth. No, no um, leisure. No. <laughs> yeah, no, no. They, so they, they, and they're walking in those uncomfortable sandals for, you know, 12 hour days. Like mm -hmm. they'll do a walking scene the whole day, a uh, walk and talk, you know? And so they are living in these characters. And so sometimes they will come to us with like, Here, here's a thought I had just mm -hmm. based on how we've been living. Mm -hmm. And you know, they come with their own unique things. Jordan has been very public about this, who plays little James. He has a, a limp that he was born with. And so he has to grapple with that on a daily basis uh, with a disability. And he has a podcast about disability and about, about limps and things like that. But he has expressed to us, here's how I think little James might feel about this. So we do listen to them. Our writer's room is pretty airtight, me, Dallas, and, and Ryan. But we're grateful when the actors it's funny, Simon the Zealot, you know, who's played by Alice Sophie, he is is very athletic and he comes from like a, a martial arts background. And we have a scene, this is not a spoiler at all, in season three where he needs to kind of jump up onto a roof. And yesterday I had lunch with him and he was showing me the videos of all the practice of him like climbing this climbing this wall. And uh, so they, they bring their whole selves to it. We love it. It's fantastic. It's yeah. fantastic. Well, thank you for being with me today. I've really enjoyed meeting the two of you and hearing about your experiences and giving hopes to moms whose yes. kids want to write movies that it's possible. <laughs> and moms who want to write movies. And moms who want to write movies. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thank you. So these interviews weren't just audio recorded, but also video recorded under professional cameras and lights. And that's a little intimidating. And in the past, I would have been really self-conscious because I typically have acne or blemish flare-ups on my skin, even as an adult. And I hate that. But thankfully, 
Our sponsor, GladSkin, had sent me products a while ago and I've continued to buy them for myself because I've seen such success and my skin is looking healthy and clear and I love sharing them with you, particularly because if you've been living with eczema or acne or rosacea, you can relate to that frustration of trying lots and lots of products without any long-term relief. But with GladSkin, I have discovered and you can expect something different. If your eczema that you had as a kid has followed you into adulthood, it can impact your sleep, your confidence, your sense of self. And that's why I want to tell you about GladSkin as a new category of skin treatment. It's made for people of all ages with eczema-prone, acne-prone, rosacea-prone skin. It uses microbalance. It's a revolutionary protein that restores the balance of good and bad bacteria that live on your skin so it can finally heal. It is not disrupting that environment. So your skin's microbiome is finally in balance. And they have found that 91% of users, adults and children who tried their top selling eczema cream reported significant improvement after just seven days. So as a parent, if you have watched your child struggle with itchiness and discomfort with eczema, and you have been hesitant to try new products, I want to point you towards Gladsyn because it is safe and gentle and you are not alone. It is super common. Lots of families and kids struggle with this dry, inflamed, itchy skin. So if you have been frustrated with your treatment options, don't wait to try Gladskin. They are offering my listeners 15% off plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash DMA. That's gladskin.com slash DMA for 15% off plus free shipping. Gladskin.com slash DMA. I'm always grateful for adults who have pursued their creativity and been successful and sharing that journey with us who have kids who have creative interests. And going off that theme, my next interview is with George Xanthus. He plays the role of John and his character in the show is incredibly likable. He is as well. And I love the props he gives to his parents and helping him pursue his interests, not just in acting, but in comedy. Here we go. George or John. Yes. You answered to both. I answered to both, yeah. Right. It's, it's funny on set sometimes they'll, <laughs> Dallas, is, he'll go like, okay, Paris go here and John go over here. And it's like, so actor and disciple. So it dovetails. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And then reading a little bit more of your story with Chosen, you were possibly going to be Simon and then Quintus. Mm-hmm. And then, so how do you feel having settled into this John role three years later? Does this feel like this is you? Oh, 100%. And um, Dallas told me that Amanda is in that in the room where they're deciding on the casting, not in the, in the audition room, but when they're looking at all the tapes. And they're kind of picking personalities to see which personality feels like the disciple. So I always say like, so they saw me perform as Simon and then they saw me as a Roman praetor and they thought, <laughs> John's somewhere in between those two. So I think, you know, John is a little bit, there's a bit of comedy to him, you know, the the Sons of Thunder, you know, James and John are a little bit kind of like a comedy duo at times. They, there are some comedic moments between them and that's what I sent into my Quintus audition. But my Simon audition was very stoic and very kind of, you know, emotional. And mm-hmm. so they took that aspect and the funny one and they kind of made this John character, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, in your experience doing comedy. Yes. So you came from Australia. Mm-hmm accent. Yes. I love it. There I, it is. My people know I love a good accent. Yeah. I'll start speaking with an Australian accent. Cool. At the end do of it. This. Yeah. Let's see. I'm a chameleon. But 
when did you make that move to LA or was that your first place you landed from Australia? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to do, so when you said like comedy, I my first big job was a, a sketch series and I was just constantly doing like accents and putting on like prosthetics and doing sketches and writing sketches and stuff. So part of a little troupe in Australia. And then from there, I was fortunate enough to get, you know, a little bit of traction from that and then went to LA um, and I settled into Culver City and uh, lo and behold, The Chosen was auditioning from Culver City. Stop. So how long had you been in the States when you auditioned? Uh, probably uh, on and off, like two years, okay. I would say. Okay. Yeah. So kind of new. Con okay. Pretty new. Kinda yeah, new. yeah. I was still learning everything, you know, like... Yeah. You know, got to put the dates the other way around. Instead of saying 20th of September, I have to say <laughs> September 20. You know, you think it'll be the same. We both speak English, but there are those subtle culture uh, things in then LA. I, yeah. I said to Joey, by the way, who plays Thomas, I said, that's a total spanner in the works, like absolute spanner. And he's like, what does that mean? Because <laughs> yeah. I just said to him, spanner. And I'm like, you know, spanner in the works. And he goes, oh, like a monkey wrench. And I'm like, yeah. So... The language little could, things you, yeah. you don't think about it but yeah it does. No, i'm it from happens. the midwest and i've said a few things on here and they're like i don't know what you're talking about yeah right. it makes sense that yeah. it makes sense okay so you do this comedy mm -hmm. your parents mm -hmm. how are they feeling about all this because i have a mom show right yeah. so encourage the mom whose kid has these giftings like how did your parents handle all this just been supportive since day yeah. one and i think that there is there is a, a degree of responsibility there because um i was you know always given as much support as possible to do well at school. Actually at my school, they did a film program in when I was in 10th grade and we made a short film. And um, they we need little, to see oh, that. Is that on the YouTube or anything? I might put it on YouTube. Yeah, that'd be it's great. so silly. Oh, that'd be it's good. about a, a convenience store that gets robbed. Okay. <laughs> we need this. We need um, this, George. Yeah. And uh, I won best actor in our little mini Oscars and my friend won best director. It was like, we're like, and <gasps> we're still best friends and oh. we want to like, you know, take over Hollywood if we can, but he's over in New York. And he's working in the entertainment industry as a as a solicitor and you know in investment banking and stuff. So we're slowly from each coast trying to find each other again, Aww. but we're best friends and stuff. So That's um awesome. but yeah, my parents have always been supportive and uh, you know, responsibility wise, I did go to college and they said, you know, get yourself, you know, a degree. And I think that's helped because I do apply the methods and you know, the the education that I got from college, I apply that to my acting, you know. I'm I'm studious. I can sit there for three hours and stare at a page and work on it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for how supportive they've been. And, yeah, I've got the best mum in the world, by the way. So okay, for your good. Podcast, and mum, yeah. again. Absolutely. Another, another version. There's a lot of Australians that listen to the show, so they're going to be happy if you're your mum. Yeah. Input. Yes. Oh, absolutely. The mum, not the mom. Well, I recently got married, and the thing <gasps> I said about my mum was, I'm just so grateful I've got the best mum in the world. Aww. And, um, yeah, she really is. Okay, you recently got married. Yeah. Okay, how long? Uh, February 6th, we got married. Yeah, you so. got to yeah. It's very, very, <laughs> very recent. Very recent. And yeah. you've been shooting this whole time. Yes. Yeah, so we couldn't, I couldn't really do my honeymoon. So that'll come afterwards. So we're going to go to Europe. Oh, yes, and, you are. And um, I'm going to go to the UK and watch my football team play. And who's your football team? Tell everyone. You Liverpool. pointed. Liverpool Football Club. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's yes. your team. So in your role as John, mm -hmm. talk to me about how playing him, you said it's kind of goes with your personality, mm -hmm. but how have you changed in the last three years personally by playing this role, John? I think it, the main thing is, like, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but that impetuous kind of nature of John, um, he's, you know, I actually sought out my Greek Orthodox priest because I've raised Greek Orthodox, and he was saying that John was one of the more 
you know, brighter students, but he was younger, so he was always mm -hmm. eager to please. So when I when you get that information and you know the writers Dallas Tyler and, and and Ryan have kind of made John someone who is eager to please but sometimes too eager to please and too emotional hence the name Sons of Thunder mm -hmm. for him and him and James so he's constantly told by Jesus to just be patient and I would say in my life I I do take that I, I kind of use a bit of George in John, where I can use that anxiety to get John worked up. But at the same time, when John gets told to be patient, I can use that in my own life because you do have to surrender. You don't want to let let your emotions get the better of you and try and change everything yourself. I think what Jesus tells John in season three, especially, he says, be patient and just have faith. And I think that's important for anyone in life. So I've heard you all get sent out in twos. Mm -hmm. Who's your buddy? My buddy is, is, it, is, it is James it's, or it's no? not James, no, it's, okay. it's Thomas. Okay. So this is a little bit of what you see in season three as well. So what, why are James and John not, not together for this season? Maybe because so they're trouble. <laughs> Maybe because um, they're- As a mom, I wouldn't put two of mine together. I know, together. the two brothers. Yeah, and no. by the way, in the mom podcast, Salome is the one that, according to like, she's the one that asked Jesus, can you please put my son's- uh, left yeah. and right of you and make them yeah. front and center. So Salome is a really cool character in the so Bible. she's in this? She's a, she's a feisty mom that is really proud of her son. So is she in this season she, or is she in the last season? She is in this season, okay. yeah. She's in okay. the last one. She'll be in this okay. season okay. as well. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. Well, I appreciate you chatting with me and thank sharing you. a bit of yourself yes. and your accent <laughs> with my uh, listeners. So thanks so much. Cool, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Lastly is a conversation I had with Catherine Warnock. She is a super boss babe, mom of three. She is a VP of Extra Content, and she is talking with me today about a documentary they recently released called Unfiltered. And I've mentioned it in a past episode on teens and faith and doubt. Um, we will link to that show in the show notes. If you have a preteen or a teen, I would highly recommend watching it first and then maybe watching it with your teen. But uh, here is our conversation. Okay, Catherine. Oh, my goodness. We're going to need to have you come on the show for like a full, full interview. I would love that, please. Because the moms that listen to the show need to know you, need to know more about you. I'm so honored that I got to hang with you yesterday some and chat more today. So tell people real quick, what's your role with The Chosen? So I'm the vice president of original content. So I oversee the development of all of our new IPs, our new television shows that we have under works. Yes, we have more coming. Uh, all of our supplementary documentaries, Christmas specials, unfiltered Gen Z reacts to yes. the chosen. We have many more documentaries coming at you. Uh, and also all of our theatrical events and feeding of the 5,000, that's my team. Wow. Yeah, we're busy. I was just saying, that's a lot of stuff. And your mom? I'm a mom. I have four and a half year old twins, boy, girl, and then a two and a half year old. So it's a loud household. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, we, we had infertility okay. struggles for uh, a good seven years. Okay. So when we finally were like, we're having twins, uh, the world stopped and it couldn't, we, we just want lo more loudness in our house. And so then the, when the world actually stopped. <laughs> we decided to have another baby. It was fine. <laughs> And it wasn't a problem. <laughs> there you go. No. Okay. No, she was a total, we thought it would be. She was a total miracle. I, I still don't know to this day how she's here, but she's here. Wow. I know. Wow. Okay. We're going to unpack that more when you okay. come back on the okay. show. Okay. But unfiltered. Yeah. Let's talk about it because I just had an episode about faith and yes. teens and yes. this generation. Yes. 
And oh my goodness, y'all, if you have not watched this documentary, go <laughs> like immediately after this conversation. But give us the premise and then they can continue to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. We brought nine Gen Zers from around essentially the world, two are international, um, to binge watch in a blind experiment a global phenomenon show. We didn't tell them what the show was. We just said, please come. We need you to tell us what you love, what you hate about this show because it's Gen Z is really responding to it and we don't understand why because truthfully, we didn't think Gen Z would care. Um, and so it was so much fun watching them and we, we go, okay, here's the trailer. It's the first reveal of what you're going to be binging all day long. And their reactions were profound. And then we follow them through the journey as they meet the authentic Jesus and the profound impacts. These are nine Gen Zers with very, very different backgrounds, very different worldviews, very different religious beliefs from pagan to agnostic to raised in an abusive Christian call. Like we have it all. And we watch as they come together and they wrestle with Christianity. They wrestle with Jesus and, and we have some pretty profound outcomes. I mean, to me, it's exciting just to take nine strangers and put them together because the assumptions you have yeah. of someone, that sweet gal mm -hmm. and her story. Emma, the blonde. Yes. Oh. Like, ugh, mm -hmm. heartbreaking. So many of their stories. So many of their so stories. Hard. And especially, at least as far as I've gotten, the mom angle. Yeah. Like a lot of mom hurt. Mm-hmm. Which it seemed to me there was a lot of healing that Jesus and the characterization of the, of these Bible stories allowed in those mom hurts, which is encouraging for you and I who are doing our very best, but we will make mistakes to know that Jesus heals and covers. But these were some intentional hard pains. I was surprised at how rooted in trauma this generation is. I don't think I understood and so to have these nine individuals all was such, like, they were not cast because they had traumatic no, it wasn't, backgrounds. I was wondering that. Like, did you get a list of, like, what is all the no. hardest things you've ever experienced? We, no. we knew some of it, but then the safer, and they would even tell us, we feel so safe, we're ready to share this. And so Amani, we, we hear her profoundly share for the first time ever, even to her community, a, a severe sexual abuse background. And she, just, she says, I've never shared this before. And that's part of my background as well. So I pulled her aside and I just said, hey, what, you don't have to share this. Like, you do not have to share this. We can pull this right now from the content. And she said, no, I feel so safe by this environment and, and this journey I've been on with you. It's time for me to face this. And it's time for me to stop living as a victim. And, the t and she just was like, I'm, I'm gonna do it now. And I was like, all right, we're here as a support, let's do this. And so that was, one of the highest privileges of my life was to see that unfold. I mean, I have goosebumps. It's pretty amazing. So will there be a follow-up of these nine? Because I know you've stayed in contact with them. Yes. I'm in contact with them all still. We're on a group text. We text all the time. And several of them I mentor regularly now, which is really fun. Uh, they text Amanda in Dallas all the time now. It's really fun. And they, like, don't hold back. Like, you know, some of them are still like, I don't know about this Jesus guy, but we're family. Um, so, yeah, we want to build out the Unfiltered series. One of the cast members from the Gen Z documentary spent some time in prison. So we're like, okay, do we take him into prison with us and have him do redo the blind experiment in prison with us? Like, So we wow. really want to, to keep the dialogue going, the journey going with these individuals and keep the unfiltered love going. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for all you do to just expand the reach of this amazing show and 
your wonderful children, all the roles you hold. So thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Until next time. Okay. And I stood up from that conversation, (laughs) shook Catherine's hand, and the strap on my little jumper dress broke. Thankfully, I had a t-shirt underneath, but y'all, seriously, I am here for comedic relief, professionalism, (laughs) so embarrassing. Oh, my stars. Uh, It was such a delight to get to see them film the show and and to see the high quality of work that's being done as a Christian. I just feel like we need really amazing, high-quality creative works to go out into the world, and this team is doing just that. Tickets are going to go on sale tomorrow for this theatrical release of season three, episodes one and two. So grab your tickets October 25th with your family. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to pray over the crew and the production team and all that God's going to do through this series. Lord, I thank you so much that we get to partner with the work you're doing, that we get to be uh, mouthpieces of the gospel and to share the good news that you are offering to the world, this weary world that is desperate for hope. I thank you for how Jesus is portrayed in these films, how he reveals more of you. And I pray for these actors that you would protect them. I pray over their hearts and their minds as they go out into the world. I pray for the writers that you would give them diligence and strength and energy and for Dallas Jenkins and his team as they continue to lead this work. I pray that hearts would be open to hear from you and their Holy Spirit would move in a mighty way. And I pray that you would let us know what our part is in the work that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, see y'all back here next week. Super pumped. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.